What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, June 5th, 2014. You guys are listening to episode 162, and uh, I know it's late, but it had to be just with a crazy week. Um, but don't you guys worry, because I have an absolutely... Um, Awesome, packed out show, great unacceptables we got this week, too many. Um, we got uh, some stuff in, in, in sports, some cool stuff happened. Um, most importantly, uh, the All In Tour finished its first week on the East Coast in Cleveland. It was an absolutely great week. Um, great fans came out. I'm going to get into that. Some really... Um, some cool stuff out there. It was just a great time. So actually, I guess I'll start with that. Um, the All-In Tour, myself, Jason Lawhead, Joe Bartnick, um, we were at Hilarities in Cleveland on 4th Street. It's a nice, beautiful comedy club. And um, we were there Wednesday through Sunday. And I cannot thank everybody who came out enough. Um, to be honest, overwhelmed with the with the numbers that were in there, uh, the amount of people that came out to see the shows. It was really great. Um, you know, Saturday night, Friday night. Every, I mean, every night it was just, just so many people and and fans and especially thank you the Verzi effect uh fans that came up to the uh you know just came up to me came up to our merchandise table after the shows and um you know we were standing there and I, w I was pretty overwhelmed with the amount of people that listened to the podcast so thank you guys so much it was a, a great week in a great uh you know in a, in a great city the city's downtown actually getting better you know, it was, uh, I joked on stage, I said, you guys got two more fucking delis out here than last time, because, like, if you go back to Cleveland, like, even five, six years ago, downtown, they were just doing construction on the street, there was no stores, everybody just came in from the suburbs, and now they're really trying to build it up more, so, uh, yeah, I think it's on its way, but either way, it didn't matter, because the people there always come out for entertainment, you know, whether they're going out to House of Blues to see a concert, whether they're going to the comedy club, there's all sporting events. The people in Cleveland go out, you know, and enjoy themselves. And that's what's awesome. So um, I drove down there Wednesday. It was a nice quick drive. It only took me like seven hours. And I know people are like, oh, my God, seven hours. But it was easy, easy, quick shot, no traffic. And, um, yeah, I had a great time out there. Uh, unfortunately, I was hanging with Joe Bartnick the majority of the nights because uh, Jason Lawhead is not drinking, and I was throwing down cocktails every night. And, uh, yeah, I came home realizing, okay, I need to get back on the diet because um, Joe Bartnick will, as Bill Burr says, Joe Bartnick has retired many people, so I'm not going down. I'm not fucking not doing that. Uh, <laughs> it was... It was... Uh, it was a great time, smoked the cigars, had the drinks, um, and one thing that's funny is like when you go to Cleveland, and this is something, it, it's, it, I don't know if it's as bad as Washington, D.C., but Cleveland is known to have a very high population of um, homeless, and now there's less homeless because they built a casino, so all the homeless go on the other side of the street where, I'm fr where, I, was, where I was at, where I usually stay, and I guess they're trying to get money from people. Uh, that are, you know, that are coming out of the casino, won some money or whatever. But one thing that was hilarious was the first day that I get there, I meet up with Lawhead before the show. And he's like, oh, yeah, let's go to my buddy's spot. My buddy's, you know, restaurant, it's really good. They got good seafood there. So we start walking over there. And this homeless dude just comes up. And it was a really nice day. By the way, the weather in Cleveland was better than I've ever had it. It was like sunny, clear skies all the time. And, you know, Cleveland is usually like Buffalo, where it's just like right where the line starts of the city. It's just dreary. Like God doesn't want those people to be happy. And this time it was beautiful. All the days we were there, sunny, nice. So this was one of the funniest like homeless encounters I had. Like this guy turned into an actor. We're walking and this homeless dude, or I guess he was homeless, you know, he looked like he was, you know, he looked like he was, you know, looked like he could be, you know, or like just a dude like you know, doing real bad. So he comes up to us and he's like, 
hey guys, what's up, man? Yeah, nice day out here. Oh, it was a beautiful day. And he just starts walking with us. And a block goes by and he's still talking about the weather. He goes, oh yeah, you know, they're, they're filming a movie here and stuff. And, uh, you know, they told me that if I call in the morning, they could maybe use me as a prop. And uh, he goes, see, man, dreams come true. You could have hard times, but, you know. And, and meanwhile, I'm thinking to myself, this guy thinks that that's his break, that a movie's being filmed in his city. And they, pro- they probably, yeah, they probably want fucking homeless background guys. They're like, all right, listen, yeah, take this blanket. As a matter of fact, you probably have your blanket. So, <laughs> so why don't you just use your blanket and just lay here, and we're going to have John Travolta walk past you. I mean, I couldn't understand what the, what the hell the guy was so happy about. So he's walking with us and he's like, yeah, man, you know, might be in his movie and, uh, yeah, there's a nice restaurant down here. And like Jason and him start talking restaurants and then the guy just starts turning into like a fucking tour guide. He was like, uh, yeah, man, it's nice out here. And then Jason was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's a nice building. He goes, yeah, that's a nice building, right? He goes, you know how old that building is? Then we go, how old? And he goes, I don't know, maybe the thirties. But anyway, and I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on a second. You can't fake becoming a tour guide. Like I said that to the crowd too. I was like, this guy came up and like started to, like if you want money and you're trying to fucking do the whole like, I'm going to like help these guys out and tell them where to eat and do that. That's all good and well. In my mind, as soon as he got to us, I'm like, listen, I just want to give this guy a couple bucks and have him fucking disappear. Because I don't want to see his fuck, you know, I just don't want to talk to this guy anymore. So he's, so then finally, listen to what this fuck, the, the most disrespectful homeless people are in Cleveland. The most ungrateful fuck. So then finally he's like, yeah, you know, I got a baby girl, man, 14 months, man. That's what I live for, this and that. I'm just trying to get, you know, just trying to get some money to eat and everything. And, and I was just like, yeah, no problem, man. And Jason's like, oh, I don't got anything on me. And I just open my wallet and I hand the guy a dollar bill. And he literally looks at the dollar, then looks at me. And it's like, man, it's just a hot dog, man. Why don't you be like, what? Motherfucker, you better go and put relish and ketchup and, 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 you know, mustard and whatever else you have to fucking chop up to put on there. Hot sauce. And you make that the best damn hot dog you had. But don't talk to me about you being hungry after you give me some bullshit, half-assed tourist fucking, you know, tour guide shit. Maybe if you got the, the, the date of the building right and you weren't a conniving fuck, you know... You would have gotten more. Don't act like that. So it kind of pissed me off, but it was really funny because the amount of blocks this guy committed. Like this guy was probably in his head just going, all right, two more blocks, I'll probably get four bucks. Six more blocks, I might get this. And no, it doesn't work that way. So like, you know, I don't know. Anyway, it it it's just that's the homeless out there. They're just so... One time I was there and a homeless dude was like, yo, I need money for a movie. I was like, what? Like, I was like... It's like, what? Like, I need money for a movie. Fuck out of here. Uh, But that's Cleveland for you. And we just kind of laughed about it. Like, we just laughed how the guy committed so long. We should have just kept walking with him. And be like, yeah, listen, why don't you keep telling us more about the city and just have him get his facts wrong. And then at the end, be like, oh, man. We pulled it up on Google. You were wrong, dude. I mean, if you were right, I would have given you 50 bucks. But, well, anyway... Just start Wikipedia in downtown Wikipedia facts down here. And uh, hopefully the next guy will give you money. But those guys have this weird thing where you feel like they might kill you. Uh, We were outside the hotel. Me and Law had one night. And this guy was walking by. And he asked for money. And he's like, man, this guy acted like this. I'm just going to start robbing motherfuckers. And he was like, no, you're not. He was just doing that to, like, scare people. And then, like, somebody gave him 50 bucks on the street. And he just turned into this, like, smart, like, yeah, I'll just talk shit, man. I ain't going to do that. I just want, and it's like, yeah, that's why you got to just stay away. Basically, just don't live in downtown Cleveland is the point of that. But the club is great. Um, I was doing some cigar smoking, everybody. And uh, Lawhead was texting people saying, Verzi has a problem. Verzi needs help. He's smoking too many cigars. I did average almost two a night. I love him. I don't know what else to say. I love the Cohibas. Cohibas are good. Even the ones that aren't Cuban, like the Dominican ones. I was smoking those. That's like my go-to now. Rocky Patel's good. I just like a nice smoke with a little whiskey or scotch. And I definitely did that. But I will promise you people one thing. 
The drinking and the cigars did not affect the shows in the slightest because that place got got great shows all weekend. Um, you know, I can honestly say that it was awesome to be a part of just a, a three-man headline show that Bill Burr put together and be proud of it and be proud of the shows and the people even were, were very, very happy. So uh, another thing we did... And this was uh, my first time ever, but I went to and decided to go to a Cleveland Indians game. And I was like, yeah, I haven't been there. Let's go. We got the hookup. We were guests of the Cleveland Indians through a hookup, which was super, super cool. So if anybody who took part in that is listening, thank you so much. Um, It was just great to have the passes and be able to walk around there. And the whole thing was just awesome. You know, um, we had these passes where we necessarily didn't like have a seat, but we just could walk around anywhere and where there are vacant seats. It was just a great, great deal. Really cool. We went into like their security booth up there, like in the cl- they have like a security clubhouse where they could zoom in on anything in the stadium at any time, all the way up to the person's label of their beer. You know, they see things. It's nuts. And what they did, which was really cool, was we were standing outside of their suite. And what they did is they go, okay, stand here, watch this. We're going to show you a clip of you guys from just a security camera. And they basically, like through the top of the stadium, were able to zoom in on just us right there. So, you know, I didn't realize, but all these baseball stadiums have, like you really can't get away with anything. Because they're like casinos where, you know, that that's what they do. It's just like... They could, like, anything that you try to do from throwing out trash or not throwing out trash or or getting into a fight, they could zoom right in and just lock it down really quick. So we go into this place, and we're having, um, you know, something to eat. We're waiting for the game to start, and our seats are like, I guess you would say they were, I mean, I didn't count exactly. I would say anywhere from, like, 10 to 15 rows right behind home plate downstairs, you know, right by the net. So we're sitting there and the game's going on and, you know, kind of half paying attention to the game. I mean, it's Rockies, Indians. And we were watching, though, because, like, you know, there there was a a big comeback in the game. And, you know, we're we're just watching and swear to God, Lawhead's like, all right, I'm going to go see. I got a friend in the outfield. I'm going to go to the outfield. I'll meet you guys. And uh, Bartnick was somewhere else and left early because we had shows that night. He wanted to go back, get rested up, and, and get ready for the shows. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, man, I'm I'm showered and ready to go, and it's not too hot out. Like, it was breezy. We were sitting in the shade. I go, I'm just going to go back to my hotel room after this game and just change my outfit and, and go do the show because I'm five minutes from the hotel and the show. So we're sitting there, and I was there with uh, Mike Farrell. Shout-out to Mike Farrell, Cleveland comic, who hosted the shows for us. And we're just sitting there, and Lawhead leaves, and maybe... Five minutes later, I got my first foul ball at a baseball game ever. And it was insane. This dude, I'll always remember, this dude Gonzalez uh, from the Rockies, left-hander. I love how I said this dude Gonzalez. You know how many Gonzalez and Rodriguez and fucking all these... No, but this dude was, was lefty and he pops one straight back, right? And it goes high up into the second deck above us with the railing. And I we actually look back and see it go through the railing, but we're like, wait, wait, it might pop out, it might pop out, and we're just looking, and it's like a, like a, what felt like fucking five seconds was probably only a second, but you're looking up, and all of a sudden the ball gets unwrapped, like it just comes back out. And I'm going, oh shit, oh shit, and it's literally dropping down right on top of me and Farrell, and we kind of both go for it. And I remember, and he's taller than me, but I remember maybe the way the ball was falling, we kind of both go for it. And it's, I remember it like slapped my hand, hit my hand, and then falls in the seat in front of me, which nobody was. And he's like, get it, Verzi, get it, Verzi. And I literally just look, and the ball is sitting there right in front of me on the seat in front of me. And I just picked it up and got my first foul ball at a game. And um, it was awesome because I've never experienced that. And, you know, I guess I'll always remember... I'll always remember Indian, you know, going to Progressive Field to see the Indians play and the first time I ever went there. So, you know, my connection to Cleveland is getting more and more. It's one of the cities that uh, plays me every year and everything, and the fans were great. But I got my first foul ball, and I got to tell you, that shit is scary. Like, they come, the balls come flying back off the bat, and if that net's not there, people are getting killed. But even the people on the left and the right, you got to, like, 
Here's what sucks about having good seats at a baseball game. When you have good seats at a baseball game, your life is at risk. You basically have to just be like, holy shit, like I can't, you know, you're sitting there talking. As a matter of fact, perfect example of this is I was at game one of the World Series Yankees-Mets in 2000. Billy Crystal, uh, no, not Billy Crystal, Billy Joel was sang, was singing the national anthem, and we found out we were sitting like three rows back right in uh, right field behind Paul O'Neill, and we were uh, watching batting practice and seeing everything go on, and we found out that in the loge right above us in the outfield, these two girls were talking, not paying attention, and in batting practice, a, a ball that flew into there cracked a girl in the eye, cracked her eye socket open. She didn't get to see any of the game. An ambulance came and had to get her. And that was in the outfield. Like, so imagine if you're close to home plate and these, another time I was like two, three rows back at home plate and the ball just rocked an empty seat and the whole row shook. Like those things will kill you. So, I mean, mine wasn't bad because it actually went up and then obviously just fell down. So it was the easiest scenario, but I couldn't imagine if it was just flying like that. Uh, but I got my first foul ball, and that was pretty cool, man. That was definitely like, and then um, I text a couple of friends, and like my friends are so funny. My friends are like, don't give it to a little kid. Like my buddy's friend came with his daughter, and she's like, can I see it? And I'm, all I'm thinking is, oh, I hope it doesn't turn into this shit. Please don't let it turn into this. And then the father knew right away he was cool. He was like, no, 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 give him back the ball. You know, that's that. He got the ball. And I, I want to, what am I going to do? Like if the six-year-old girl like started crying and said, could I have it? I would have just been like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom and just, you know, take a picture of it, show some people. And I would just left. I'm not, I'm not giving the ball to any fucking brat. I don't care. All those assholes throw it back. Why? So you can clap for one second while you're shoving peanuts and drinking beers. Now, fuck you. I'm getting that. But I don't care. Let me tell you something. I could be at Yankee Stadium and the biggest Yankee rival can come to the plate. The only way I would throw it back is if I was having such a good time. It was like a huge game and like I was really into it with the fans and like I was like, yeah, fuck this ball. But And that would have to be like a moment thing. But if I'm at a ball, if I'm at a game and a ball, I get a ball from like, you know, I'm trying to think of like a, like a if David Ortiz, if Big Poppy hits a ball, you know, at a Yankee Stadium and I get it and it's like the ALCS and people are chance throw it back. Boo me all you want. I'm not throwing that shit back. Fuck you. Bro, come on, what are you, a Red Sox fan, you fucking... Shut up, you fucking moron. No, I just got a legendary ball. Give a shit if it... You know? If the Yankees were paying me to throw that shit back, I'd throw it back. How about that? Yeah, you throw the opponent's ball back. Everybody who throws the opponent's ball back, we'll get the security cameras on. You get a hundred bucks every time you do that. That's different. I'll fucking... I'll turn into fucking Nolan Ryan and throw it back. I'll throw it back. I'll try to throw it back to the catcher from the outfield. You give me a hundred dollars. But I'm going to throw away an epic souvenir because some drunk asshole named Ralph with a beer belly who was at the bar down the street fucking three hours before the game started is going to start booing and start chanting that I suck. I don't give a shit, Ralph. Fuck out of here. Um, okay, what else? Oh, I want to, uh, yes, I have a lot of unacceptables, but, you know, I actually have two. And, uh, and then I got the three from the fans, but I have to talk about all the great stuff that would, you know, that the fans, that the fans did. I can honestly, again, I don't want to sound like a broken record. The fans that came out that listened to the Verzi effect, I was overwhelmed. You know, people were coming up, uh, this one girl came up to me and she's like, oh, you didn't do an unacceptable on stage. Um, and like, I just didn't realize like this unacceptable thing is kind of, you know, it's just getting a life of its own now, which is which is great and so funny. But uh, I do appreciate it, and uh, I was—I mean, we were hanging out with fans. Fans were coming up and and just chilling out with us, man. It was really—it um, was so cool to just be like, yeah, I, like I'm the type of person like I love if you listen to my my stand up and all that. But if you if you listen to my if you're a fan of my stand up like and my podcast, and you're gonna be a fan forever, like I those are the people like I actually want to talk to those people. I don't want to just like. Hey, thanks for coming out. Like, I want to talk to those people and, and be cool with them, and, you know, because I appreciate it. Um, matter of fact, we uh, we chilled out with a couple, and I said that I was going to shout them out. So, uh, shout out to uh, Joe Fessler and his girl Kaylee O'Malley. I told you, motherfuckers, I was going to do that, didn't I? I hung out with them. 
They came up. They were huge fans of the podcast. They bought a poster. They were just, you know, comedy nerds, which is awesome. They just, you know, they loved it. And then, uh, you know, we there was a, you know, there's a couple of bars at the place, and we were like, hey man, can you know get a drink? And then we went over to my favorite Moscow Mule place, and I got a really good Moscow Mule over at. Um, it's called Society. To like a bar a few bars down from Hilarities, and Hilarities has great bars. So then, when Hilarities shuts down, you could go over to Society, sick Moscow Mule. I know I put people onto Moscow Mules after uh, some of the most recent shows, but this one is just smooth and great. So we did that, and they were great fans. So shout out to you guys, uh, Joe and Kaylee. I really appreciate it, and I hope you guys, you know, had a good time. Um, Let's get into unacceptables because some unacceptable shit happened uh, both in the show and out at a little uh, after party thing that that happened. So I will explain uh, all this. So let's get into it right now. Let me first say, though, to everybody, guys, if I don't mention you on the on the the unacceptable, it does not mean that, um, you know, again, that I don't like it because I got so many good ones. Like, I got so many good ones that I'm not using, people writing me and stuff, um, but I just want to, like, you know, every week, and sometimes I pick them, and I'm about to do the show, and then more come in that week, so just kind of, you know, just keep sending them in, and, and again, you know, the, the funny, original, the most original funny ones, I'll definitely, you know, or the stuff that you know is, like, right in my wheelhouse, I will shout out, but thank you guys so much, like, I feel like I gotta do honorable mentions to people, because some of this shit is hilarious. One dude was like, yeah, the butter came back real hard. The frozen butter at the restaurant. I couldn't put it on the bread. Like, that's an unacceptable, but I got that one later. Um, so here we go. I'll go into the fans, and then I'll do mine. And, um, and then, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. So here we go. Unacceptable for the week. First one, and uh, another fan that came out to the show, and I said that I would use it. He gave it to me at the thing, and I said, done, I'll use it. And uh, it's something that would absolutely drive me nuts. Uh, Steve Ivory. And Twitter feed is at uh, M Pearls, M P E A L R. Ah, what am I, a fucking dick? At M P E A R L S, M Pearls is the Twitter feed or uh, the Twitter feed that reminded me of this. But uh, Steve Ivory says he's in a grocery store, he's buying food, and he's waiting online, and there's an old lady in front of him who bought a bunch of shit, and then instead of, like, leaving so he could go ahead, she took out the receipt and checked every item on the receipt just to make sure, and he was like, dude, she she just bought the shit, and that's 100% right, unacceptable, could you imagine being online at a grocery store that all you want to do is get your shit, get in your car, and leave, and the lady in front of you then stops and makes sure she pulls out the receipt and has everything that she that's on the receipt in the thing, especially if it's a lot. It's completely unacceptable. It's rude. And and the fact that she's an old lady shouldn't be like, shouldn't be, oh, okay, it's an old lady. It's like, no. If she's an old lady, she should already have fucking more tact and be wiser than the young guy standing behind her and say, okay, let me get out of this fucking kid's way. And then I can move aside and say, okay, oh, I missed something. And then since I'm the old lady, I'll lean over and say, hey, I missed this. Can I just, you know, something like that instead of just holding up the line. Absolutely unacceptable and rude. I don't know what I would have done. I'd be honest with you, Steve, if that was me, I would, I might've just been like, listen, ma'am, like, you know, um, you know, I, my, my family member sick in the car. I gotta, I, I, you can't do that. Like, you can't do that. I'm like, yeah, listen, my wife's in labor. What would you do then? Just because, you know, my wife's in labor. I just had to, she needs to eat this. Like, just start just saying something, make some shit up and see if she rushes. But you know what? She'd probably be so out of it. Like, those people are so out of it and rude. To do something that blatantly fucking rude is just like, they wouldn't even get it. They wouldn't even know, oh, wait a minute. I'm being an asshole right now. I suck. They don't, they don't even, in their mind, they're like, no, I always check my groceries. And like, that guy behind me doesn't matter. Completely narcissistic. That sucks. Completely and utter, that's unacceptable. Uh, so thank you, Steve. And thank you for coming out to the show and uh, getting a poster. I appreciate it. Okay, next one. This made me laugh. <laughs> this made me laugh as hard, if not harder than any other unacceptable so far. Just the just the cadence of the way, just the way that I read this was funny, and um, so here we go. And it is from uh, Rakbi, uh, Rakib, Rakib Riggins. I hope I got that right, Rakib. I think I, I think it's Rakib Riggins, 
And the Twitter feed is at Rocky Riggins. And uh, he said that he went to the doctor for a checkup and gave his blood pressure. And the doctor read the results, laughed at him. And the doctor says, dude, your blood pressure sucks after laughing like that. Oh, my God. That is not only like that's hilarious and unacceptable. But that's an unacceptable that you almost don't get mad. I mean, yes, listen, you got to get mad at the doctor a little bit because it is unacceptable for the doctor to say the words, dude, your blood pressure sucks. Like for a professional who went to medical school to say that is unacceptable. But if that is not one of the funniest things, I mean, that could just be a cool doctor trying to break the ice to go, listen, man, you're going to get fucking sick. Like you need to change shit. Um, but just dude, your blood pressure sucks is just so unacceptable and funny. I laughed because when I read it, I read it like I, I just read it the way the doctor said it. And I just pictured him going, dude, your blood pressure sucks. And just the the look on your face, dude, must have been so f- like, like what? And I love the way that you thought of the Verzi effect afterwards. <laughs> like I got to that because that is exactly I mean, I would I would have ran home and wrote that down, you know, if that happened to me and be like, that's definitely going on the show because that that is the most unacceptable. That's unacceptable. Uh, you know, and, but that's not unacceptable where you want to kill the doctor. That's unacceptable where you want to be kind of like, dude, maybe we should just hang out and be friends. Like I'll hang out with you and be friends. Like I'll definitely, I'll go to the movies, you know, maybe fucking go to a bar or whatever. Like we could talk about, but like, I don't, as far as you being like my medical physician, I don't know if, you know, I could get a, I could get a friend to take my blood pressure and be like, dude, your blood pressure sucks. Like you got friends that do that. So that was great. So thank you, uh, Rakeeb. Riggins, Twitter feed at Rocky Riggins. That is really, really funny. Um, Okay, the next one is Evan Galatz. And I got this one from Evan on um, Facebook. So there is no Twitter feed here. This would have absolutely drove me crazy to the point where... Now, this is is like opposite of um, the last one where it's like a doctor saying something funny and stuff. This one would get me... Evan Galatz, this one would have had me, this would have had me enraged to the point where I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to accept it. And that's exactly why this is uh, uh, unacceptable for the week here, uh, for the fans, unacceptables. Evan said he ordered food. He put a food order in on the phone. They told him on the phone 25 minutes. He got there 25 minutes later to pick up his food. Then he sees the door to the kitchen open and the person give the cook the order, which means the order was completely forgotten and he just saw that. And I guess apparently like they just didn't say shit. That is completely unacceptable. I mean, that is like, I don't know if I ever told the story in the podcast. If I did, I, I, uh, excuse me, I'll make it quick. I went in one time when my son was like two years old to a pizzeria and I asked for a high chair because I was holding my son and I had a bag and I didn't have my hands. Like I couldn't go get it myself. And they took forever to get it to me. And then when I ordered food, it took forever. And the pizza guy didn't even bring it over to me and my son. He just left it on the top. It festered in me for three months. I kept calling to talk to an owner and never got him. And finally, I'm not even kidding you people. Three to four months later, I know you're going, oh my God, this kid's a fucking psycho. No, three to four months later, I had to drive there. And I drove there and I talked to the owner and I was like, dude, you, I got to talk to you. And we walked outside and he's like, dude, you're not going to kick my ass. And I told him what happened. And, you know, he was like, oh, you know, apologetic and stuff. He actually laughed with how long it took and everything. But shit like this, like if I, Evan, if I was you, I would have literally been like, did you just give it? I would have like had to like put them on the spot and be like, did you just give my fucking order to the cook right now after I was told on the phone? 20? What kind of bullshit Mickey Mouse bullshit operation is this? How are you guys going to stay? You, you, you guys suck. Here, here's what I'm going to do. Cancel. My, here's, here's what you should do. Okay. I'm serious because I'm getting, I'm getting worked up right now. I'm not even kidding around. I'm getting worked up. This is how unacceptable this one is. I'm getting worked up right now. This guy should have said, or I would have said, Evan, and I don't know what you did. Okay. I would have seriously been like, look, here's the deal. If I don't, I want my food for free. Okay. And I want that piece of shit. Whoever fucking lied to me on the phone. You know, I want the manager to know that shit too. Cause I mean, this is bullshit. 
All right. I want something for free or, or I want my food for free or I, you know what? And then I would just be like, fuck the food. You know what? I'm done with this place. This is a Mickey Mouse operation. And I will tell my friends and people that you got, this is the most unacceptable thing that I called up 20 minutes ago. I got here 25 minutes later. And then you, and then I see you just give it. And I'm supposed to just stand there and take it because you fucking clowns forgot. Is that how shitty this place is? Is that how slow the business is? Absolutely unacceptable. The only thing that's making me not truly enraged about this is I didn't get to see the face of the dude who lied or the cook. Like, I didn't get to see their faces, and that would have probably multiplied it. That is absolutely, that is, that is unacceptable. That is the textbook of what unacceptable is. I mean, that's ridiculous. And food is like you're hungry, you're waiting. You know, food's like, don't, the two things you shouldn't fuck with people is with their money or their food. You know, money first, but then food is a close second. Food's a close second to money. And let's be honest, I bet you everything that you spend your money on in your life, food, even to clothes and anything else, food is right, is, is probably up there with the most because we, we, need, we need three meals a day. We need that. So, you know, when you're hungry and you call a place and you rely on them and they're all, yeah, yeah, and they're just taking your money over the phone and they're, you know, they don't give a shit about it. And then you get there and then you see they really don't give a shit about it. Unacceptable. And I know you're probably going, wow, Verzi's a little passionate about food. I am. I'm Sicilian and Greek, and that's bullshit. That's bullshit. So that's unacceptable. So thank you, Evan Galatz. Thank you, uh, Rahib Riggins. And thank you, Steve Ivory. Guys, keep them coming. I swear to God, like, I want to do honorable mentions. I just, like, we're already 30 minutes into the show right now. I didn't even do my unacceptables. I got, a, you know, a ton of... Um, sports stuff to talk about well not a ton but you know we'll talk about that and um you know we'll get into some more stuff here so those are the fans unacceptables thank you so much and please keep them coming and just so you guys know i always favorite the the ones and that i like and also uh you know i always show people so it's not like they're going unrecognized um okay here we go here's my unacceptable for the week this shit um there's two of them and they're both they're both great I think perfect for this. So here we go. First unacceptable for the week is um, I did a show on Wednesday night when I got into Cleveland. That was the first show night. And the show went great, you know, and uh, I had a great time. And I told the story that I basically said on here kind of longer and more detailed and did an act out of the homeless guy who started to become the tour guide and walked with us. And then he said what he said about the dollar and the hot dog. So that, all that shit, you know, I started to to talk about. And, uh, you know, it killed, man. The crowd get, gets it. They live there. They know. They, they, you know, we had a great time with it. And it was just so real and like just off the cuff of what happened that day right up front that it was just a great little moment, you know, that I had with them. And people are leaving and they're coming up to our poster table and they're, you know, they're saying whatever. And there was a woman who waited, and I think she was with her with her girlfriend. I think that you know, or the girl she was with definitely looked, you know, you know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but definitely looked a little WNBA ish. So um, she comes up to me, and maybe she just had a short haircut. Who knows? She comes up to me, but she waited, and this is why I know that this person is a narcissist, and this person is a fucking just all about themselves. And, and and needs to be heard and is just a pain in the ass fucking nightmare, okay? She comes up and we're all standing there. Bartnick, me, Lawhead, Mike Farrell, we're all standing there. And the, the table starts to thin out and people start to leave and we're getting ready to get on with our night. And this woman comes over and she does the typical fucking woman fucking thing. The feminist bullshit thing is where she went to Bartnick first and complimented him. And then she looked over and she goes, hey, I just want to tell you, you had some really funny stuff. You were really funny tonight. Okay. But there was one thing you said in your act. And then everyone's like, here we go. And I'm just looking at her and I'm going, all right, what's she going to say? She goes, well, you kind of just said something about the homeless that was really kind of mean. And, you know, you kind of said this and that. And I was like, listen, you know, uh, I told the true story and, and, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. And then I start taking the high road, right? And this is how I know she sucked because when I said is, I said, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm 
sorry you feel that way, you know, it is what it is, that's it, you know, and she goes, yeah, you know, but you kind of called them like pieces of shit, and you said this and that, and then Farrell jumped in, Mike Farrell, the guy hosted, he goes, man, he goes, he's not a politician, he's a comedian, I go, yeah, this is a comedy club, I go, it was a joke, I just stated what happened, he goes, yeah, but you know, you called them like a piece of shit, and I go, ma'am, I'm the only one that was there that took money out of my fucking wallet for this guy, Okay. I understand that. But like, I, and then here's where it goes. Here's where, here's where it goes. After I said that, she goes, well, you know, I work with the homeless and I work with them. And then Lawhead goes, yeah, that guy wasn't even homeless. That guy was just a scammer. She goes, yeah, but still. And then I just go, all right, Paul, there's no winning with this cunt. So what you're going to say is you're going to say, um, you know, you're going to say what, you know, sorry, feel that way. That's it. This is comedy, everybody. Sorry, you feel that way. Sorry to feel that way. And then when I finally was like nice and I go, hey, listen, you know what? Glad you had a good time. Sorry to feel that way. Yeah, but then you said, and she couldn't let it go. And that's when I said, you know something? Fuck, this is ridiculous. So like I just said that and then let them leave. But the way they lingered, they just like lingered and circled around like fucking pain in the ass sharks that just wanted to fucking be heard and have to say something. It's a comedy club, people, okay? Take the fucking sticks out of your asses, okay? I don't give a shit. It's unacceptable to come up to a comedian and say, I really like it, but I have one issue because you work with them. What does that mean? So if you worked as a relationship therapist, are you going to shit on a comedian who fucking talks about relationships in a bad way? If you're a fucking real estate agent or a, or a fucking uh, car dealership and I'm making fun of how the people, oh, it's really shitty how you talk about them because I work with them. Fuck you. Then, then work with people that don't look like they play with shit on their dirty hands all day and smell like shit and go up to people scamming people. Fuck you. Yeah, you work with homeless people. Why don't you stop working with fucking... Yeah, she's like, oh, you call them cockroaches. They are cockroaches. That's what they do. They come out from rocks. They take money from hardworking people. Fuck you. Or they may be addicted to whatever. You know something? Fine. I feel bad for people that have, you know, addictions and shit. But, like, then help them with that shit. Don't fucking come up to me at a comedy show and tell me that shit. Are you kidding me? Well, yeah, the one thing, well, I work with the homeless. Do you work with the homeless? And what do they tell you? Do they tell you when you're working with them how they fucking scam? Probably scamming you, you dumb fucking charity bitch. That's what you're doing. You're acting like you don't give a fuck. And if you do give a fuck, you're getting scammed because they don't. You know, I, I'm not trying to shit on people that have big hearts, but fuck, you don't come up to me at my place of work. Don't come up to my job and tell me that shit. Well, I work with homeless. I got fucking scammed out of a dollar that day. The guy was a shitty tour guide, okay? The guy was walking around for fucking... I give him a dollar and he says, this is just a hot dog? Fuck you. He's lucky I didn't spit in his face and take the dollar back and call him a homeless piece of shit. That's what he's fucking lucky I didn't do. I, I swear to God, man, people will never get it and there's these, these people, these fucking people that come around, you know? Should have said, go fucking, go fucking play with your fucking girlfriend's muff, you fucking cunt fuck away from me, my place of business, you know, trying to get, you know, make money, telling jokes, doing my thing, and you're going to come to, oh, the one thing, well, you called them pieces of shit, and that's not right, I got scammed out of a dollar, do you understand, I got robbed from a, like a criminal, he's, he, he's, uh, yeah, I just need money for food, and then I get, oh, this is just a, like, after, like, come on, man, you should have just come up, don't tell me that there's a fucking movie, and are you going to be a prop, just say, hey, man, you got? can you get anything? At least the New York City homeless people, they'll take a nickel from you and say, God bless you, you know? That, I mean, that's fine. I respect those people more than these scam artists. Some of these people that, these, some of these people in fucking, these homeless people in Cleveland, they're dressed nicer than me. One guy was asking for money. It looked like he would take the money I'd give him and then go to the car dealership he owned. The fuck out of here. Fucking silly. I, I swear to God. You know, I'm not even trying to sound sexist. She was just a silly, dumb woman. That's what she was. She was a silly, dumb fucking woman. I said to her, okay, I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah, but then like, when, like here's what it was. She wanted a problem so much because when I backed off, okay, when I backed off and was just like, when she knew that I wasn't going to be mad or like go the route maybe she wanted to go, because she wanted one or two things to happen. She wanted me to, A, apologize, which would have never fucking happened in a million years, okay? You know, she's, that, that would have never, ever fucking happened in a million years. If I was, oh, I'm really sorry, I shouldn't have done that job. I mean, the chances of that happening, I mean, you got a better chance of the, it's not going to happen. So, so, so that, or she wanted like a big like show where I got mad, which I'm not going to give her the satisfaction because at the end of the day, she's a dumb audience member. That's what she is. 
I don't know how many times I need to say this to people, okay? But I hope through my podcast and through other people's podcasts that I go on, when you are at a comedy club, anything goes. If you get offended, okay, at mental health jokes, at drug-related jokes, at racism jokes, at relationship jokes, at fucking anything, anything, at child, at abortion jokes, at jokes about children, jokes, if you get offended by that, if you work with the homeless, if you work with the disabled, if you work with people who only have two fucking, you know, two arms and no legs, if you work with people who are in, if you work with anybody and and, and you go to a comedy club, you have to understand that there is a chance that that shit is going to be talked about in a funny way. If you cannot handle that and you need to go stay the fuck home. It is unacceptable to come up to me after a show, after I opened up with something refreshing at that fucking club, and I told a real honest story about what this homeless guy did, and I gave him money, only to have him be ungrateful and almost angry, and then you're going to come at me saying you shouldn't call homeless a piece of shit. Fuck you. Fuck you. Okay, because the only difference between you and that piece of shit you're defending is that you have a job and a roof over your fucking head. Because if you're defending that, then you're part of the problem. If I, if I worked with the homeless, here's what I would do. I'd sit down day one, and when some fucking homeless dude walked in and sat down, I'd be like, so how'd you get in this situation? I'd listen. And then I would just be like, yeah, so like, what do you want to do to better this? What do, you, what, what, what do you want? What can I help you with to better this? What, what can we do? You know? Because I'll tell you right now, if it's walking up and scamming people and, and trying to take their money and being ungrateful, then I'm not doing this job anymore. Unbelievable. Unacceptable for the week. That's just the first part. Okay? But fuck you. And if you're listening to this, you owe me an apology. Don't come to my shows. I don't need you at my shows. I don't need you lingering around waiting for people to give me some backhanded compliment only to get your agenda in there. Fuck you. And if I had any heart and fuck, if I would have any heart at all that night, I would have called you out in front of people, but I'm respectful of my place of work to my peers and the people that hire me. And I wouldn't do that. And that's not the type of person that I am, but I should have told you to go fuck yourself and get out of my face. Somebody came up to Joe Bartnick for a joke that he did. And he just goes, puts his hand up because I don't want to hear it. That's it. Fuck off. Unacceptable. Okay. Next unacceptable. This was, dude, this was, this got me, man. This bugged me. This bugged me. Um, there was a rapper named uh, Future or a rap group named Future um, at um, the House of Blues. And I believe it was this same night. Yes, it was the House of Blues and it was this same Wednesday night that we opened the shows at Hilarities. And after the show... We go and we get a cigar and we go to this place that has like a back deck where you can smoke cigars and they sell cigars there. I'm telling you, man, Cleveland's underrated. You could get a cigar in Cleveland anywhere, any night, smoke it anywhere at bars in the back. Awesome. They had the game on. They had the, um, you know, the the Spurs game on. We're sitting there and we're smoking and uh, we're in the back. And, you know, the rappers that were in town, they show up to the same place and we're back there and they walk in. And um, they're there and they're they're with their entourage and a bunch of guys seem like gentlemen, couldn't have been nicer. And uh, we're sitting there and we listen and we're hearing and like people start taking pictures with those guys and they were being real cool. And we just see that they got to get up and leave. And they were basically kicked out. And they were kicked out because what the owner said was their, what they were wearing. You know, they had some hats and shirts. You know, they had flashy stuff. And like, you know, some guy like Rels Fargo was one of the guys' name, which is hilarious name. And he's sitting there and they're taking pictures with people. They're being humble. They're being cool. They're being gentlemen. And here's what got me. Here's where I saw the racism that really fucking bothered me to the point where I think we actually left like slightly after that because it was just ridiculous. They were racist. It was racist. And I, and I knew it was racist because somebody there was basically, yeah, that's how the owner, like the, the owner didn't want these dudes there. And, and I get it. Like maybe he was thinking because a lot of times, like, you know, he doesn't know like if, a, cause maybe sometimes like maybe there have been rappers there or like, a, you know, NFL players or people that have had a big entourage and like something has happened to shooting or something. But like these guys were minding their business 
And then I'm finding out they're told that they got to leave because of their outfits. Okay. And I'm looking at my outfit. Okay. I got a shaved head. Okay. I'm a white. Oh, I don't look like a, I don't look like a fucking Nazi though when I have a shaved head because I do have like more of a Mediterranean because I'm Italian and Greek. So I don't look like a fucking, I don't look like a guy that I have a swastika on his neck. But I look at my outfit. I'm wearing a hoodie and I got a shaved head. And jeans and sneakers. And nobody said shit to me. And this guy, and I'm, and I'm, yeah, you know, we're the comedians there. I don't know if people knew or not. Maybe some people did, but like, you know, oh, they know that the, the comedy club is over there. But I don't think that that, you know, like, I don't think that they, you know, were like, oh, well, they're the comics, let them go. And they didn't give a fuck about that. And then they see these rappers come in and they kicked them out, man. And I got to tell you how gentlemen the rappers were. Like we were talking, we were talking like, dude, they're kicking you out. And they were gentlemen. They literally just like, yeah, they're kicking us out. We don't know why. And they just fucking accepted it and they walked out. And I swear to God, it was the most modern day racist shit that I've seen to the point where like I was disgusted with what I saw. I mean, that was some 2014 Jackie Robinson shit. Just they tried to do it in a clever way. It was fucked up, man. And, and it opened my eyes to shit because, you know... These guys were taking pictures with people. These guys seemed like they were ready to spend money. These guys were humble. They were gentlemen. I mean, granted, yeah, they were they were dressed loud, but they're rappers. I mean, how do you think a rapper named Rels Fargo is going to dress? But it wasn't anything, like, ridiculous. And I'm a white dude with a hoodie. Like, why am I allowed in here? If you're going to have a dress code, like, you've got to have it. You can't have it. You know, you got to have it one way for everybody. And, and I got to tell you, it was unacceptable to the point where I was just like, I'm looking at racism right in front of me. Like, I'm allowed to stay here and these dudes are leaving because, you know, the only the only thing that I would say would be acceptable would be if that same group went there one time and there was a problem. But I was never told that. And I don't know that. So I want to throw that out there. I don't know. And maybe that's why I don't know if that's why they were cool even. But I don't think those guys ever been there before. I think that that was just a straight racist Donald Sterling owning fucking bar, lounge, whatever, you know, whatever it may be. And these guys just got kicked out, man. And they walked out humble and they left in their, you know, nice SUVs or whatever they were in. And they left. And I, I kind of like, when they, after they left, I was looking for them to be like, dude, that was bullshit, man. That was bullshit and we're leaving. Like, we, we finished up right after that and left because it was like, after being there, I was like, I don't want you to be part of it. And we actually started talking about it. And like, a little argument broke out. Like, somebody's like, no, there could have been a problem. I was like, no, there wasn't going to be a problem. There wasn't going to be a problem. The only fucking problem is that the dude who owns this place is racist. You know? Because all you got to do if you're an owner and, 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 and rappers come in is just go talk to somebody and be like, listen, man, you know, there's a lot of people here. I don't want to, you know, somebody may come up to you and say something stupid. And then, you know, you guys may have to hold, uphold an image. But I can't have that. Just know I, I'm, I'm honored to have you guys in my establishment right now. That's great. You know, we're going to have some drinks and have some fun. But like if somebody comes up and says they were at the show or somebody says something they didn't like about the show or says something they don't like about you because they're drunk. That That's how things escalate in nightclubs. And we don't want to have that. Just want to let you know something like that. You say that, you know. Because I, and, and I do get it, like, uh, that, uh, God rest his soul, that, that Darren Williams kid that got shot from the Denver Broncos when he got shot and killed. Like, he went out after a playoff loss and people talk shit to him. You can't, you shouldn't be out like that. You shouldn't be, you know, you, 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 you can't be like that. But, you know, you just performed. You know, I mean, nobody's going to shoot a comedian over a joke. Be like, yeah, man, that, that second set you did tonight was bullshit, son. Like, and then, like, you got to watch your back. That's not going to happen. But uh, I didn't like that grocery store joke, bitch. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. But it was bad to see. You know, it was it. It made me sad. It made me sad to see that. Like, I don't know. I think it made me sad to see that those guys didn't say this is bullshit. I know that that sounds weird, because then they would have been. Then it would have looked like, yeah, see, they are being dicks. But it just seemed like, man, these guys are cool. They don't want a problem. They just wanted to hang out and see what's going on. And they got kicked out. And it was racism in front of my face. And that, that, that was why I had to do two unacceptables for the week. Because that was ridiculous. Um, you know what I'm going to do? Fuck this. I'm going to do this for the fans right now. I'm going to bring out my phone and Twitter. And I'm going to start busting out some of these unacceptables you guys did. Because you guys went out of your way to send me them. So I'm going to send. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I'm just going to read them off. All right. Because that, that's what I'm doing. How about that? We got to catch up on these unacceptables. And you guys were good. Here we go. Uh, I'm just going to start reading them off. 
Jimmy the Kid. He said, I work IT. Teach, teacher telling me the printer is broken as I walk in without saying good morning or hello. I love it. It's unacceptable. Max Lewin. At Paul Verzi, mailing a present to somebody and them not contacting you to say thank you. <laughs> it's unacceptable. Kevin Holiday, and unacceptable for Paul Verzi, the people with religious signs and bullhorns in front of stadiums. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, here we go. Matthew Studebaker, Paul Verzi, when you walk into fast food place and people behind the counter doesn't welcome you or ask you if you could, if they could take if they could take your order, that would bug me too. Uh, Frank Coletti, when you're picking up food for your, a lot of food ones this week, for your work meeting, and the store opens at 10, and they're still not open at 10.30. Oh, man, that's, I just think of graffiti when I hear that. Paul Verz, uh, Nick Piccolino, a lot of Italians coming on here, I like it. Unacceptable, a Dunkin' Donuts tractor trailer taking up six spots in the parking lot during rush hour. Oh, yeah. Let's do a couple more here. Let's do a couple more. Yes, I said this one before. Josh Sims, unacceptable for the week. Restaurants that serve rock-hard butter with your bread. Um, somebody went at me. This is funny. Somebody said, listening to your podcast. Who is this? Randy Berkheimer. Listening to your podcast with earplugs. Um, it's like listening to your, <laughs> you're jamming your tongue in my ear. Control your wet mouth. <laughs> Ah, that's a fucking, that's funny. Uh, David Gavry. Uh, if I'm already on the elevator and it opens on the lobby floor, let me out before you get in. Oh, that's that's a common knowledge one. That that should be taught at birth. Okay. Uh, Paul Brady, thanks for the, Okay, no, that's not one. Here we go. All right, let's see. All right, I think that's it. All right, that'll be it for the mentions this week. Do I have any more here? Yeah, I got some more in the bottom, but that's that's long. Um, all right, here's one. Uh, JRY says, people that get pissed when you talk about a TV show that ended five years ago. Unacceptable. Spoiler alert. Uh, all right, so that's it, guys. I, uh, but, yeah. The, the one that really got me this week was a doctor going, dude, your blood pressure sucks. That's so funny. So that that's it for the unacceptable, and those are mine. Um, I know some of that got heated, so sorry if I got I got mad at that. But, you know, you can't. You, these people need to be called out. I remember Joe Rogan did something, and it was one of the best things. I actually told him when I was out in Los Angeles, I told Rogan, I go, dude, you're one of my heroes because of that. He did this feminist. If, if you go online and you go Joe Rogan versus feminist, where she comes up to him and and typical like what this, I mean this girl wasn't nearly as evil as the one that came up to Rogan but like she did the thing where she starts complimenting first so she said to him she goes yeah I talk about men and what I do I talk about men the way you talk about women he goes oh yeah what do you do and then she basically was like uh she was like yeah you know the character is just kind of you know she asked him a question like why do you talk about women in a certain way and then, like, he answered, and she goes, don't look down when you answer me. And look at me. And he goes, I could look down when I'm, and, like, just got crazy. He goes, I know what you're doing, and it's pathetic. And he just shut her down. It was one of the best things. I'm actually going to watch it after this podcast. That's how great it was. But, you know, to somewhat of a, of a smaller level, that's what this lady did by waiting and then coming up to me about my homeless joke because she works with homeless people. All right, let's get into sports, everybody. I told you about the foul ball at the, at the Indians game. That was awesome. Um, well, here we are. Heat. And Spurs again. I will make my prediction of the series. And then um, we'll talk about that. I want to talk about this uh, Triple Crown thing. I went golfing and then we'll do some plugs. Uh, So here we go. Heat Spurs, finals round two. Um, I look at it. I try to not be biased because I hate the Heat. So here's how I looked at it. You look at both teams from last year. Uh, I don't think the Spurs are a better team this year because of their bench and the Heat are pretty much similar I would say slightly worse but you know they got the Chris Bosh shooting on the outside which they could act which could maybe hurt them or or help them you never know because they have a bunch of outside threats but I would say Miami's not as good of an all-around team um, this year as they were last year and I would say the Spurs are 
Uh, I give the coaching edge to Popovich, and Popovich knows he made a mistake last year by leaving Duncan out of the game at the end. And as the great James Lawhead said, you win and lose with your best five players on the floor. That's a shout-out to Jason Lawhead's dad, legendary high school basketball Hall of Fame coach, over 500 wins, and uh, he was right. So what I would say is I think the difference in the series is going to be home court. I think that um, I think the Spurs will win the series in six or seven. I'll say seven to give respect to the champs. Um, but I think the way Popovich uses his bench, I think uh, the bad taste they got in their mouth for last year. But, you know, I mean, would I be surprised if the Heat won their third in a row? No. I mean, this isn't like definite. I just said I think, you know, I think and really, really hope that it's the Spurs in seven, but I think home court should help them. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, Yankees, I actually want to watch some of the Yankees now because Tanaka's pitching. But, I'm, you know, now that basketball's winding down, I'm going to start getting back into it. It just sucks to see the Yankees, like, needing a good hitter when Cano's in Seattle batting three thirty. And I know everybody's going to say, you know, you couldn't give him the money. Here's my philosophy. Just lose the three years. Just know he's going to suck for the last three years. Give him the 10-year deal. For seven years, he's going to be an all-star, and you could probably win a title with him, okay? And then just say, fine, whatever we could get out of him the last three years. But now this guy's, you know, got 200-something million dollars over there. You know, he's, he's, I know it's a lot of money, so I guess I could see the other way. But, I mean, he's batting 330. He's consistently good. He's, he's just great. So it's that that sucks to see. Now, as far as the triple crown and race uh, horse racing goes, um, I'm excited, and I think you know I really think that this horse has a, a shot just because of his attitude. And I know that sounds funny, so I'll explain. I love horse racing, and I love horses and everything. And that's what's cool about living in the area that I live in. There's a ton of um, you know horses around, walking around in the streets, and all that because we live up in the country. A lot of people you know come up here and they train horses, or they do you know they 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 ride them up here, and just love looking at them. My favorite sports movie, one of my favorite sports movies of all time is um, Seabiscuit, and, um, you know, I've said again, Seabiscuit, you know, wasn't supposed to do what he did, Secretariat was, and that's why I like the Seabiscuit story more, you know, as much as I like favorites in football and certain things like that, and I don't always go with the underdog, Seabiscuit, you know, lifted a nation in the 1930s with the Great Depression and all that thing, and he was a small cult, and he beat these big horses in the world, and I mean, and the country needed that, and, and it was like this thing to root for, and it brought everybody together, and that's why what, what Seabiscuit did was so special. Secretariat was just a bigger, stronger guy, and he should have won, you know, and it was still great what he did, but he should have won, and he should have, you know, he should have did what he did. Um... What I like about California Chrome is he he is also smaller. He's a smaller colt, but um, the other night I got back from Cleveland. I was home, and our power went out because we had this thunderstorm, and I guess there was an accident that knocked out the power. And what happened was um, all I had, luckily, I had my iPhone charged up a little bit. So I was like, let me just look at some YouTube stuff. So I was able to catch up on the Triple Crown. I watched the Kentucky Derby race and then I watched the Preakness race and I liked it. I liked I liked what the jockey did. The jockey knows the horse real well and the horse just goes into that extra gear at the end. Um, so I watched those races and I was like, wow, this this horse can go. But, you know, everybody knows the Belmont is a half a mile longer and, you know, horses usually get tired, which means the jockey needs to be more patient with the horse. So um, see that, everybody? I know my horse racing a little bit too. You know, I'm... I'm, I'm it's not just all Knicks and Yankees and shit. Um, but I was sick with the Rangers last I'm not even a Ranger or hockey fan, but the Rangers losing game one last night to the Kings in the Stanley Cup Finals got me sick just because it would have been great for New York, the streets and bars in New York because I was down there performing. It would have been great to hear the explosions in the bars. Um, it's you know still obviously a long series. It's only one game, but um, yeah, New York is buzzing about it. And um, you know I definitely got to recognize the Rangers in the Stanley Cup Finals. That would be pretty cool to just have have something in the garden and, and the Dolans doing something right and everything. So, but, um, anyway, so I'm watching these horse races and I come across this thing that said like horse race nation TV or yeah, horse race nation. And they were like, we're going to take a closer look at California Chrome, the horse. 
and it was just this woman. You should check it out. This woman and the horse, and she's just feeding them hay. And this horse was feisty and hilarious. He was like, he would do this thing with his head where he would just kind of like show off. So when people would walk by, he would just lift his head up and open his lips and just show his teeth and like nod his head up and down. And it was hilarious. But then he kind of got like feisty where like after she'd give him hay, he kind of just throw his head into her and like nudge her away. Like, yeah, I got my food. I get the fuck out of here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see cameras. Get, get lost. I'm chewing hay. But oh, wait a minute. I need more hay. Then he would eat more hay and then kind of do that. And he just has like this fight. And they said, they go like the thing about this horse is he'll kind of like snip and bite at you. You know, like not like really to hurt you, but he's just like he's got like this attitude about him. And um, and another thing is I saw him walking. And like after he run a, won a race, he was literally walking like an arrogant cornerback in the NFL who just did a good play like this horse has this like swag about him which is hilarious to see like he's like a little smaller and he just kind of like talks shit in his own horse way so I'm looking forward to it man and I'm, I'm going I'm gonna go Saturday I'm gonna go out to Long Island to the Belmont and I'm gonna get seats I'm gonna bring binoculars and I want to be part of history and see if he can do it um, I mean I know other horses have tried only you know very few have got all three races in a row but do yourself a favor, even if you don't like horse racing, just watch, like, go on and, like, YouTube California Chrome and try to get that one-on-one where he's with this girl who's giving him hay, and he's just, like, knocking his head into her, and he's showing his teeth, and he just has this swag about him, which is really funny, so I'm into it, you know, I'll bet on it, you know, you go out there, you could go out there with 30 bucks for the whole day and just put, like, two bucks on every race and just have a good time watching it and get something to eat, so we're gonna do that, I think me and Lawhead are gonna go head out and try to see it, try to see his Three, try to see a triple crown winner which would be great um another thing i did this week i played golf and it was post obviously my surgery in my stomach and the first swing i felt a little you know but i think that was normal to come and you know not bad played 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 okay i got got uh i was putting for par i think they said on one of the hardest holes in the county but we only ended up playing like five or six holes because we you know we had to go back to a show but the weather was great and we did that so Anyway, um, that's it for sports, everybody. Uh, movies, I did not see, but I will say this. The hotel room I was staying in, <clears throat> and excuse my voice, everybody, that's what, uh, that's what cigars and hanging out with Joe Bartnick for uh, five days will do to you. But uh, my hotel room where I was staying in Cleveland had like great movie channels. It had like all these like sick movie channels. So like every channel was either like a classic comedy or something new. And you know what I got into? And I didn't get to see the whole thing. And I know people are going to be like, dude, are you nuts? And it's probably because yes, I was bored. Yes, I was forced into watching it just laying on my hotel bed. But I watched that Johnny Depp Lone Ranger movie. And I swear to God, like I found myself like looking at it as I was getting dressed trying to leave the hotel room to go to the thing because you know when you just kind of watch a movie that you don't think is going to be good and then a couple of scenes get you and then you're pleasantly surprised and it was kind of you know it was a cool little western and Johnny Depp's acting is always good and then now you're three quarters in and you got to leave and you don't want to act like it's too big of a deal to leave because it's Lone Fucking Ranger and it's you know you it's Disney and you don't want it like you're like ah man what am I gonna I'm not going to, you know, push my show. Because, but then at the same time, I'm like, this is this is like, I want to see how this ends. So don't tell me anything about the ending. I'm sure I know it got awful reviews and a lot of people hated it. But I kind of liked some of the characters and I liked what Johnny Depp did with it, man. That guy's awesome. Um, so that is pretty much the show, everybody. We're over an hour. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back to the regularly scheduled uh, programming. Or I'll try to get it out, you know, Monday or Tuesday like I always do. Um, just sometimes on the road, it gets tough to get back, but, uh, you know, I put them out every week for sure. Also, um, the next all in comedy tour, let's do some plugs right now. The next all in comedy tour dates will be this June 12th through the 14th at the stress factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey. We're starting to sell some tickets. We're, you know, um, a week and a half out. Please come out to those shows. That is, uh, you're gonna have a great time. That is Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Five shows: me, Jason Law, Joe Bartnick, Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast presents the All In Tour. So check that out in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Um, then the following Sunday, Father's Day, the 15th, we will be at Helium in Philadelphia. One show only. Sunday night, All In Tour in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, 
I also found out, for you people in the South, I will be performing at, I want to get this right here, Lucky Comedy Club in New Orleans, Louisiana. I will be there, I want to say July 31st to August 2nd, and I will be at the Comedy Inn in South Beach, Miami. These are dates I'm headlining myself. This is not the tour. This is uh, me headlining um, in New Orleans, July 31st to August 2nd, and I will be at the Comedy Inn August 8th and 9th in South Beach, Miami. Now, there's a slim chance I have those mixed up where it's just the opposite cities where I'm in Miami the 31st, but I'm not. I'm pretty sure it's New Orleans the 31st to the 2nd of August, and then August 8th and 9th is Miami. Um, so please check those dates out. I got more dates coming on and the all in tour looks to be hopefully going to like Providence, Buffalo, Syracuse, and we're going to keep that thing rolling, run into Pittsburgh, Chicago and stuff. And, um, that's it. I'm happy to announce that there is a chance. We don't know, but my album was recorded in Cleveland. And if the sound and all the bits are right and the time is right, we're going to have that done. Uh, if not, it, it's, it, the blueprint is, you know, there, so we're going to get that done and, um, taping more documentary stuff this week. And I uh, got some other cool stuff in the works that I will keep to myself until shit is cemented. But, um, thank you guys so much. And, um, new, new dates for my local stuff here in New York city and local will be on my website uh, by this evening. So please check that out at paulverzi.com. Also get me on Twitter at uh, Paul Verzi, V-I-R-Z-I. Thank you guys uh, so much for listening to the podcast. Keep the positive comments coming. Keep the unacceptables coming. Thank you so much. I Pretty soon I'm going to have a, a special guest on the show waiting to get that locked down. And um, that's it. So until next time, until episode uh, 163, I'm out of here. Enjoy the rest of uh, your day and week. Take care. <laughs>